Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, the show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now, here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. Welcome, everyone, to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. Do you want to know the top secret way to connect with meeting planners? If so, stay tuned. We have the amazing Odell Bazell with us. Welcome back to the show, Odell. Hey, I'm excited to be here, Jane. Excited to see you and excited to uh, be talking to your audience. Well, for those who don't know you or haven't listened to the previous podcasts that we've done, tell everybody kind of about your business model and what it looks like today. For sure. So I guess I'll go all the way back. I started professionally speaking in 2008, uh, much like everybody else that starts speaking. Somebody sees something in you or you see an opportunity and you kind of take it. Started speaking in 2008 to colleges and universities uh, because I was just out of college. And um, so started doing that part time for five years, 2013. I took the big leap and I uh, started speaking full time and had no idea what I was doing outside of (laughs) I was pretty good on stage. And so the first few years, I just kind of, you know, went from event to event uh, trying to figure it all out. And I'll say around 2017, 2018, I started getting my legs underneath me. I started realizing that this business is relationship business and the the amount of relationships, the amount of equity you put in those relationships, it really boils down to the amount of speaking engagements that you'll get. Of course, there's advertising. Of course, there's marketing. Of course, there's systems and all that stuff. But the real work is network. So I started building that out, uh, made my first six figures around 2018, uh, just off of speaking fees. and. model essentially has been that. And uh, around 2020, me and a good friend of mine, uh, Stan Pearson II, we started our own association called NAMCA, the National Association of Masterminds and Co-Curricular Advancement. And all we do, and I tell everybody specifically in the speaking world, NAMCA is our give back to the people that have hired us in the past, but it's also a very, very healthy lead generation mechanism. So we're able to attract Mm -hmm. them through that meeting planners. uh, We meet with them every month. We do professional development and then we have speakers on there that meet them for network. So that's, I think that catches us up to everything. That's beautiful. So NAMCA, the goal of NAMCA sometimes is to connect meeting planners, meeting professionals with the speakers that you have who have joined NAMCA and are coming up through and make sure that they get to know each other. And you have a live event that helps to facilitate that. You just had the event. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the the primary focus of NAMCA is to connect women and BIPOC speakers together in a place where they can meet people that can hire them. So if you go to the front of the NAMCA website, it's going to say women and black indigenous people of color. Um, That's the whole goal of it. And so whenever we do an event, we're always bringing some element of meeting and networking. So our past event that we just did, we had a, an award-winning journalist come on and talk about pitching. And so we Uh had 10 event planners and 17 speakers they came on Zoom 
And so they learned. And then we did breakout sessions with the event planners and the speakers that paid to be there. And it was just, it was, it's always beautiful because people know why they're there mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're there to help. So the event planners, the meeting planners that come, they're there to help and they're there to place people. Um, we had, uh, we have corporate people come on. We have people from colleges and universities and associations come on. So it's really a beautiful event and it takes about an hour and a half. So we do it every month for those that are in NAMCA and for those uh, decision makers and event planners that are interested. Nice. And we'll put a link and I'll have you uh, give the URL here shortly. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes. You had some sort of um, moment over this past event and you said, I figured it out. What, what, what is your, what, what did you, what was your light bulb? My light bulb was simply that the people that hire us to speak, mm-hmm. they're professionals. Usually they're overworked and underappreciated. Yes. If you give them an event, a mechanism, an outlet to be appreciated and to give them some praise, give them some love, it automatically ingratiates you to them. Mm. And the light bulb kind of came on when a lady from alarm.com, <laughs> I never met her before, never met her before. She came and shared on the Q&A. She said, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I was here. I keep hearing that if you're friends with Odell, you'll probably get booked to speak. So I want to be friends with Odell and you should be friends with Odell. And it was, it was funny in the moment. But then I thought about it. I said, wait a minute. I I never met this woman before. Never met her before. But because she she came on again in context and she saw the people and she heard the people saying, she said, wow, like this is a good place to be. And that's really the light bulb. We want to give the people that have the opportunity, ability, availability to book us. We want to give them a good place to go. And if that place to go is to book us. Great. If not, we can still create a community around that because if somebody can't book me, Jane, they could refer me or they could connect me with somebody that could. Yes. So when we call this the top secret way to connect with meeting planners, what would you say that you do on the regular that keeps you uh, getting booked to the degree that you do and, and talk a little bit about your bookings. You're in the college uh, market, which to me, you all are the real road warriors. I mean, you out there, they, they work you hard in that industry, right? So talk a little bit about the, the, the volume of business that you're doing and how you keep that flowing for yourself. Yeah. The college industry, it, it is, you, you, if unless you are celebrity status, mm-hmm. um, you're probably not going to regularly get those big five figure contracts to speak at colleges. I think I'm kind of at at the top that six to eight thousand dollar per fee, uh, okay. which for me, that that boils down to about four a month. And wow. just where I am in my life, that's great. Yeah. Um, in order to do that, one thing that I do is I take advantage of the seasons. 
one thing I like about the college market is you can kind of predict Brand. I'm going to be super busy mm-hmm. during August, September. That's new student orientation. That's when students come back to school. I'm going to be super busy then. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's that fall conference season, which is October, November. And so I'll do some things then. December in the college market, I'm not going to do anything. And mm-hmm. what we do and what we started to do is we have events around that. So like with NAMCA, we know that we're not going to plan any of the type of events that we're talking about when it's my busy season. Mm-hmm. Not going to do that. Right. So we kind of plan those around there and then we provide different resources and different things in between. And so it's, it's easy to predict. And so what I do, Jane, and I got this, I, I can't remember exactly who I got it from, but they said to emphasize certain things during different seasons. So okay. as of this recording, April, it um, Sexual Assault Awareness Month, as of this oh. recording, I know this is probably going to come out later. But yeah. so April is Sexual Assault Awareness. Well, I don't speak about that, but we have our podcast, our internal podcast, and we interview people that are in charge of Title IX which Title IX provides grant funding and they do programming where they bring in speakers. So we just reach out to people via LinkedIn and we say, hey, I see that you work with Title IX. Would you like to share, et cetera, et cetera. We bring them into our world. We have an interview like we're interviewing. Mm -hmm. Then after that, we say, hey, Jane, you were so great on our podcast. Every month we do this thing where we get together and we talk back and forth. Remember, would you be interested in coming? And then you right. say, well, yeah, if I'm free, sure. I come through. So they register. And so then we, that's, like I said, it's a beautiful lead generation model because mm-hmm. people are ingratiated to us on the interview. Their stuff is shared on LinkedIn. They feel like stars. And then they say, Hey, come on in. And then they come in and they see, wow, it's 20 other people in here. This is really, really good. So I said all that to say that for anybody listening, anybody watching, you want to be mindful of the seasons in which you're going to be busy. Also emphasize what's going on right. uh, in it. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So right. if you are a corporate speaker and you have anything connected to that, you need to be reaching out to people and say, hey, I'm I'm thinking about putting a project together. This is something I tell college students too. I say, if you want to reach out, Just say, I'm thinking about putting a project together, insert something that they want to do that's connected to their expertise and tell them how much you appreciate them being great. Would you like to be a part of it? And then they'll tell you yes or no very quick. And and then that's how you can start getting leads. So if we were to drill this down, uh, you're valuing people out there who could potentially hire you and you're pulling them maybe into your world, not necessarily to pitch, but to say, Hey, I like something that you're doing. Do you want to come on and contribute to what I'm doing? Yes. And then the relationship gets off the ground and you build and build and build and you're able. So am I, am I bringing that top secret formula for connecting with meeting planners is did I cover it all? Yeah, that's that's perfect. And you invite them to share. It's all about relationships. And and relationships take time and patience and nurturing. A lot of people will say, 
well, I don't really have time to go through someone's LinkedIn profile to see if we have any common ground or if there's anything of interest. That's the time that you take to do that will pay off, don't you think? Absolutely. The work is the network. And what's beautiful, I know when when I met my wife in college, she was a first year student. I was a sophomore, second year student. We had lunch together before we were ever anything, before we were girlfriend, boyfriend, before we were fiance, before we were married. We just had lunch together. She actually had a boyfriend, but we just we just spent time together in the same space and she got to know me. And then it seemed like we had known each other for years. And I know some people have experienced that before you meet somebody. It's like, gosh, it seems like we've just known each other for a long time. It's because you've had conversations with them. You've shared common interests with them. You maybe have a similar sense of humor, whatever it is. And that, that it, it locks you in. And then it's just a matter of where do we go from here? Do, do we, do we get, do you hire me to, to come in or whatever it is? And so when you're reaching out to people on LinkedIn, you just find one thing, their job title, their, their name. Oh, we have mutual connections. Just find that one thing and say, Hey, I would love to be connected with you. Invite them to share. Like you said, invite them to share about what they do, share their expertise before you ever ask them to to hire you or anything. Mm, I cannot tell you uh, if I was a speakers bureau, I could probably go out of my mind. I may not even go on LinkedIn because I get pitched 10 times a day and I'm a coach. I'm a business coach for professional speakers. I don't know. uh, You know, I guess there's a lot of services that they think that my people need, but it's, I think I have just put up a wall to all pitches because of the way they come in. It's like, I connect with you. I agree to connect with you. And then you send me five paragraphs. Really? That's not relationship building. And Jennifer Darling calls it, that's pitch slapping. (laughs) (laughs) And I just think that, you know, no, no, take the time to build the relationship, find the common ground. And clearly there's some amount of appreciation that you've built into NAMCA that's really working for you, show you that you value what it is that they do. Because what do you know about meeting planners, meeting professionals? You talked about them being overworked. Like, tell me more about what you think is going on in the world of meeting planners. Yeah, they're overworked. They're still, and it it's weird because I tell everybody the the pandemic warped time. Mm-hmm. It just it it made we think wow three years ago, wow we were starting to go through this. Yes. Then two years ago, people were still, and then last year, wait a minute, and then you start figuring out. So meeting planners, they still have that trepidation. They still have that uncertainty. So they're, okay, well, we're going to do this, but let's do it this way. So that, and I, I say this all the time, uncertainty, it messes with our mental health. Ah, And so they're always going through that. And so the way that you help them with that is, is to simply, and we had one lady this past weekend, she said, uh, she worked in Arkansas. She said, I need really good speakers to come to Arkansas. You know, Arkansas isn't 
Um, it doesn't have the flashy cities and all that great stuff, but we need some some good speakers to come. It's just tiring looking for speakers. She uh-huh. said that it's tiring looking. And so then you just match the need with what you have. So, okay, it's tired. Here, here you go. Here's somebody that could potentially work with you, et cetera, et cetera. So just trying to, and I know it's difficult. We have our own bills. We have our own problems. But if you're trying to you know, get somebody's business, make sure you get them. Okay, mm-hmm. this is something that could be helpful to you. This is, okay, is it? And then they'll tell you if it's not. And then you can, oh, I'm sorry. Or you can even say, you mind if I share some free resources that'll help you? Mm -hmm. That's nice. That's really nice. Now, talking about like really thinking about what's going on with people, mental health, we know is just such a big thing. You are the guy, you know, the motivational speaker out there, rah, 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 to all of these sometimes thousands of students out at a time. What do you do? And I know in your own personal life, some stuff's been going down. You've suffered a lot of loss, a lot of grief over the last even just six months. How do you hope and, you know, get out there and do your job when the chips are down like that? Yeah, I think I was blessed with the curse (laughs) a little bit. Um, my family is, is different. And if my wife was here, she would (laughs) tell you that, uh, in a lot of different ways, but my family is different where we compartmentalize well, but we, we're also very upfront about Mm -hmm. things. And so I'll, I'll give an example. Um, in October, my stepmother passed and it wasn't, she wasn't, like a distant stepmother or anything like that. My parents split up when I was younger. So she's been in, she was in the fold for a while. Yeah. And uh, like a second mom to me. And she's the closest person I ever lost. And whenever we talk about death in my family or anything like that, mm-hmm. it's always a matter of, and this is just what we believe is just our faith mm-hmm. that it's not the end. You know what I mean? It's, it's not mm-hmm. the end. And I've always been connected to religion, but I never really totally, like I said, bought, bought all in. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I, I've always been connected to it. And I think yeah. some people share that, but it's okay. This is not the end. And so that's one way that, that my family's always like, this is not the end uh, uh-huh. type thing. Another thing is understanding that I still got a job to do. Yep. And it's hard specifically, you know, being in this work. And for those of you in like this speaking is hard. And I tell people all the time, it's really, really hard. It's like a sales job that you have where you're selling yourself. And if people say no to what you offer, they're saying no to you. And yeah. so it's, it's, it's a challenge, but I, I have a job to do. I have a mission to accomplish. And so now even more so the fact that I have to overcome the stuff that I have to overcome to deliver it it makes my message more poignant. It, mm. it makes my mission even harder. So I look at those two things. It's not the end. And also, okay, if if I'm the if I'm the hero in this story, here's the obstacle that's hitting me. Here's the obstacles that's hitting me. So I have to continue. So those are those are ways. And of course, family helps. And you know, I've got an amazing wife and uh, children that are that are learning to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's so nice. I know that. 
you know, being the superhero on the platform uh, can be challenging for somebody who's going through it. And I think sometimes, and I don't know how much you open the door, I think the authenticity of, hey, I'm going through something right now uh, can be, we don't want to do therapy on stage, but at the same time, uh, I think it can be helpful for people to know that, you know, I'm not necessarily feeling superhero like today. And let me tell you why. And I, I love the real and raw when, pe- when people come out with it. Have you ever had a moment on the stage where you were just like opened up a little bit and said, this is what's going on? Yeah, I actually spoke at my alma mater last month. Mm-hmm. And my kids are with me. My wife is in nursing school and working, so she wasn't able to make it, but my kids were there. And I just, I let people know. I said, look, and I, it was in the context of the presentation. Like I didn't come on stage and say, now look, I'm going through some stuff. <laughs> I didn't do that. But um, a part of a point in the presentation was you never know what people are going through. Whenever they respond, when they like, you never know. And then I, you know, let them know what was going on in my family. And I said, you, you probably didn't even know that. And I'm not telling you that for you to, you know, feel sorry for me or, or anything like that, but just understand people present differently, but they're, everybody's going through something. Everybody's just got done going through something. Everybody's about to go into something else. So I think doing it within context And also, this is something that um, I heard somebody say again, I can't remember, but you shouldn't share things that you're not healed from on stage. So I don't know if grief is something you heal from, but it's something that I could talk about without taking away from the presentation and the the reason why I was there. So I'll add that as well. Make sure you're not, you know, like you said, having therapy and sharing things that you know, if you're still going through that breakup, maybe it's not the time <laughs> to share about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wanted to say thank you to you. My client, Sterling Hawkins, uh, just went and spoke to DECA on the weekend. And one of the people on the board said, best presentation we've seen in 25 years. In front of, he had, I think, 25,000 students there live and another 10,000 virtual. So I heard the chanting and everything going on. They, they were um, saying his words back to him uh, no matter what. And it was so cool. So you had given him some great advice. Thank you for providing that. And I, cause I think it really made a difference and he worked really hard and I think it all paid off. So I wanted to say thank you, Odell, because you're my go-to guy when it comes to something like that. I know you're the one who told me about DECA in the first place. So I kind of knew exactly what he was dealing with when he came in. That's a really cool organization, isn't it? Yeah, they're the best. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, to have that many people under one roof just kind of doing the same thing is amazing. So, okay, back to your career. Talk about points that took you kind of little flashpoints to the next level. What are some things that you have done that you think were game changers? I, I, I will boil it down to these three. Um, focusing on getting good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes the business 
getting in the weeds of the business can can stop that or or stymie that growth of getting really, mm-hmm. really good. That was something that I did early on that I'm glad that I did. I probably overdid it, but uh, it's really helped me. Then yeah. I would say get known in the space in which you want to get known. And I know that's something you talk about, making sure you find your lane. Mm-hmm. It can be really, 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 really alluring to, whoa, this person is is making that or this person is doing that. I think I'm going to shift my mind and shift my to that and all of that. And I even played with that a little bit. It's like, well, you know, college, I don't make this much money. Like maybe I could go over here and make this much money. And <laughs> and again, you know, careers are gonna gonna rise with that. But you have to think about what it is that that you want, what it is that you need. And and I know what I want and what I need. So I know if I did a four four college events a year, a, a month, oof, I'm good. Yep. You know, could I get that from one corporate speaking engagement? Eventually we'll get there maybe, but right now, you know, so stay in that, but get known in that. And my, my goal is always to get famous where I am. If that's in my family, I want everybody in my family to know me, to know the good about me. If that's in my industry, I want everybody to know me, know the good about me and whatnot. And then the last thing I'll say is to get really good at referring people. Nice. This was the most challenging thing. I come from a competitive background. I'm a competitive person. So I'm thinking, you know, I'll just mention my good friend, Stan. I said, oh, Stan, Stan did 10 events. I'm like, man, I got to do 10. I got to do 20. You know, I got to do more than him. And versus if somebody, if I can refer somebody, I become a resource. If I can refer somebody well, then I can be a resource that they come back to. And being a resource builds the relationships and yes. relationships multiply opportunities. And so that's, that's, those are the three things I would say are really flashpoints in my career. Get good, get known and be a, be a connector. You are the connector. I mean, that's when I think about Odell, I think about connection because that's, you're so good at that. And I think it's been a great way for you to build your business. All right. If you were going to do it all again, is there anything you would do differently? Where did you make, where did you waste time or money? Maybe along the road, he's looking at his watch. How How much much time do we? (laughs) (laughs) I, I would say the biggest wasters of time for me was trying to and and I don't want anybody to misinterpret what I'm about to say I want to say it very carefully okay is trying to master too many streams of income ah without having what I call a river of revenue okay so without if I would have went back to 2008 when I started I would have told myself you need to be making X amount of dollars in this before you look at, okay, well, maybe I should do coaching or maybe I should do this mm-hmm. or maybe focus on getting that, the, the business of that. Right. So that's the first thing. The mm-hmm. second thing, and this is, this is going to go over a lot of people's head, but I want you to play this back. <laughs> you have to pay to meet people. Period. You have to pay to meet people. Okay. We're all doing it anyway. 
But a lot of times, if we don't intentionally assign that with that marker, then we think we're doing the wrong thing. Here's what I mean. You go to a conference. If you pay to go to a conference to uh, to pay for a table at an exhibit hall, well, you paid to meet people. Mm-hmm. So in that, I would have at the time taken it to a more micro level instead of paying money that I didn't have. <laughs> I would have said, OK, who are who are the people that I can drive to? Let me pay for a lunch, pay for something mm-hmm. to ingratiate myself to them on a, on a more micro scale. And again, this is when I was first starting. I'm just right. answering that question of things that I would have paid at on a micro level and then learned how to navigate that. So when I invested in those opportunities, I would have known how to take advantage of them. What happens a lot of times is we, we try to throw money at things mm-hmm. instead of learning how to sell. So would you say maybe cast a smaller net, like really try to figure out who are the relationships that you want to build? And then, you know, you might be doing it differently every time. Maybe somebody will agree to go to lunch with you and somebody else might say, I'll have a coffee date on Zoom with you. By the way, your NAMCA events, are they live or virtual or or in person or virtual? They're virtual. Oh, okay. So that's why it's so easy for someone from Arkansas to show up and say, I need speakers to come. Okay. I got it. So, wow, you're doing so much. And I love that you recognize the things that you could potentially, and and we talked about this uh, before we started recording when you're getting starting started in your business. And by the way, congratulations on a 10 year anniversary. That is super exciting. I love that. (laughs) Um, When you're starting, you're like building, building, building. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And later on, it starts to shift and you start to take things away. And you and I actually met on clubhouse. I don't do clubhouse anymore. Do you do clubhouse? No. Right. So we have both been like taking things away slowly and getting more and more streamlined in our business. Why? Because it's just simpler that way. It's less complex. And so I really believe uh, this is, you know, you turned that corner and now you're maybe on an easier path, I think. Yeah. And, and if I could um, just let people know this too. And I'm I'm certain it's something that you talk about. But people are going to be hiring you. People, humans are going to be hiring you. Usually, depending if it's a bigger event, they're going to be multiple humans hiring you. The best use of your time is to meet with those people. So if you if you're thinking about oh, my business, there's so many different things. I got the CRM here and I got LinkedIn and I got all these different things. Think about how can I meet with the people mm. that hire speakers, yeah. period. When you get there, that and I think as we were talking, like less is more. Now, every day when I come down to my office, I say, okay, who do I want to meet with? I want to meet with, okay, this is coming up. So I need to meet with a bunch of those types of people. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Or I need to meet with my former clients. I, mean, I haven't talked to them in a while. Maybe I could just reach out to say, hey, you want to 
talk on Zoom and they might not say yes, but they'll see, oh, Dale's reaching out. So focus on meeting with people that have the opportunity to pay you. And I think that will allow you to once you you know grow your business to a, a huge scale and you become that wealthy speaker that Jane talks about, then you can outsource different things to your team and it's still less is more. I love that. Could you imagine your life when you were back working in a prison? Tell everybody about what you did in the prison. Oh, gosh. I, so from 2008 to 2013, I in 2007, gosh, 2007 to 2013, I worked at the Guilford County Sheriff's Department um, as a detention service officer. And I hated every moment of it once I found out what I was doing. And I wanted to be a professional speaker. I had started doing speaking on the side. I would go to a speaking engagement, Jane, and then come to work for 12 hours. And it was depressing. Mm. And I can't remember how I got it. They used to let us get on the Internet when I first got there. And I was Googling something. I can't remember exactly, but it said wealthy speaker. And I said, wealthy speaker, I want to speak and I want to be wealthy. Gosh, darn it. So let me find out what this wealthy speaker thing is about. So I downloaded (laughs) again. I'm sure I wasn't supposed to do this. I downloaded the PDF for the wealthy speaker, printed it out (laughs) at the sheriff's department and was reading it on my shift. And I still remember the opening, the limo picking you up and all that <laughs> stuff. And I said, gosh, I said, I'm going to be that one day. This is 23-year-old Odell talking. And now I'm talking to Jane Atkinson, Wealthy Speaker 3.0 now. So I appreciate you um, doing that. And again, you didn't know me at that time, but you literally have changed the lives of hundreds of thousands of people just through me. So I appreciate you. Oh, well, I just love hearing stories about where people started and where they are today. Now, you're someone that I look to for, hey, Odell, tell us how we get booked in the in the uh, college market. And by the way, we have an amazing podcast where we break down. Here's where you go for this and here's where you go for this. So make sure that you reference our uh, last Odell podcast. Tell everybody uh, what the URL is for NAMCA and where they should get in touch with you. Yep, yep. So NAMCA is namcaweb.com. So that's N-A-M-C-A-W-E-B, namcaweb.com. You go there and there's just be a couple of buttons there where you can uh, learn about our next events. Um, You can find me on Instagram, find me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Odell Bazell there, I promise. Um, (laughs) If there's another one there, it's a fake account. Uh, so don't don't follow that. But I'm the only Odell O-W-L. does not have an E, by the way. O D E L L and Bazell is B I Z Z E L L. I don't even know is it Z or Z because I'm Canadian. I get very confused about that. But anyway, uh, Odell Bazell, thank you so much for taking the time out to be with us today. And uh, my heart is going out and a big hug to all of your family. You've been through a lot. So thinking about you. For those of you listening in, thank you so much for being with us today. And we'll see you soon, Lofty Speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. If you need help building the speaking business of your dreams, head over to WealthySpeakerSchool.com and take advantage of our 20-minute next-step call. 
Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.